And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of The Beat, presented by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner of The Athletic. Sign up at BetMGM.com using that promo code, The Athletic Pod. That's a mouthful. I'm Nick Baumgartner, along with Brendan Quinn. <laughs> Nailed it. How are we doing, man? <laughs> I'm great, Nick. It is freezing friggin' cold outside. I had to bundle up to go uh, move my car this morning and get the trash out. The, uh... The, the the Zoom came on this morning, I, I and I was looking forward to seeing your smiling face, yeah. as always, my friend. Yeah. And, uh, and then I see you, and you had the... The, the hat on. Yeah, I just come in. The side-cocked winter hat looking... It was very much the hobo look. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're in wintertime yeah. here. Yeah, did you um, did you bring a, a bag of clothes on a stick down to the I mean, you know what? to record this episode? With the, you know what? Some days I feel like that's what I live like. You know, I got the two kids here... <laughs> We don't, we don't, you know, the two toddlers, we don't leave the house much, as much as I can help it anyway, right? So there are days I definitely feel like that, but uh, hey, we're, we're rounding the corner into stretch drive time, and as I tweeted out this morning, um, you know, folks around here for a change, you know, have two football teams that uh, aren't trying to circle the wagons telling you why the season you just watched wasn't as bad as it looked, and they're actually still fighting for a title, so we've got some cool things to talk about today. Yeah. But before we get into the good stuff, there's some entertaining stuff going on out there in our college football land. Is a new thing happened this morning, as we record as we record on Tuesday, that I haven't seen yet. Uh, it is 9:11 a.m. on the East Coast, and Virginia Tech's head coach has been fired for I think a couple hours now, Brendan. But <laughs> Justin Fuente fired at Virginia Tech before the sun rises on a Tuesday in middle of November, a month before they could get his buyout trimmed by three million dollars. Dia. Do you have thoughts on this latest? What in the hell are you doing? Move. Like, I, I mean, college I think football I, spectac- I get this. College football is yeah. spectacular. College football is uh, spectacular. Really is, man. It's just it, uh, no one knows what to do. I think that's the thing, right? That's what yeah, I would say. It's nobody knows what I, to do. I always love the timing on these things because then I go into the like trying to deconstruct. Like this couldn't have been the plan, so something must have happened. Well, to yeah, facilitate. The news coming out this early or something like that. Like something went sideways somewhere or someone got the information. Someone, it leaked somewhere or something right. and they had to go and do it or something or like Fuente, that. Maybe he was like, look, if you're going to fire me, fucking do it. 100%. He could have yeah. said, listen, I'm, yeah. I'm calling all right my play- I'm calling a players only meeting. I think that's hour. what, yeah. you know, and then the school says, oh shit, we yeah. lost control, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, right. So how many openings like, do I mean, we have? It could have just... Um, well, I mean, TCU also came open, right? So I think, 
I don't know if there's an actual what the actual number Let's, is, but I mean, so it's we got. Like, uh, I'm looking at our list. This is on the Athletic. Okay. Um, you got Bruce and Vanini's list there. I'm sure they've yep, got. Yep, the yep. We got so current openings. Okay. Te- Texas Tech already filled its job. Georgia Southern already filled its job. UConn bringing in. Well, Jim they did Mora. fill their job. So yeah, Mora's coming in. What the hell? Like, I, <laughs> what's that? What is that? I was trying to think of like the college football equivalent of that hiring. I was really having a hard time. College basketball, bad, you mean? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's been some bad hirings in, in yeah, college. Yeah, like, it'd be like basketball. Okay, like, I mean, I don't want to totally like crap on the Jim Mora UConn thing before it starts, but you know what it feels like to me? It feels like when like Rutgers hired Eddie Jordan and like okay. just some guy who was a coach before somewhere. Yeah, like, like okay, the, we know he was a coach once and he'll take our money. So like the dorm, the dormant, know, you know, a dormant program hiring a dormant coach, yeah, who like isn't even like. active. Because like I was thinking of like Pitt hiring oh, Kevin okay. Stallings, yeah, and you were just like, what? Everyone, everyone was like, yeah. that's the worst hire ever. Yeah, like and it's not even right. And it was, yeah, right, right. Um, and but it then was. the only, yeah, <laughs> but now so the, the current open jobs we have, okay, yeah, LSU, yeah, USC. Yes, one and two, right there. Washington opening up over would the be, weekend would be a good job too. Three, that's a really Washing- good job. Washington State Nick better Rolovich, job than it used to be. You know, right? I don't know yeah. what he's up to nowadays. Solid job. Virginia Tech now open. Solid job. TCU open. Solid, yeah. So, um, those are the ones you're that, fighting. We, with, we also think. have Akron, FIU, and uh, UMass. So those are the jobs Jim Moore should Akron. be been in the mix for. Akron is still. I saw that Chris Vanini, who's uh, you know nobody knows more about all these comings and goings, is uh, he charts them, mm-hmm. and he had said or he tweeted that Akron, who fired Terry Bowden, I think was it last year, a couple years. Terry Bowden took Akron to a bowl game, okay, like I mean, <laughs> legit, right? Fired his ass for I don't know why. He's down at Monroe, Louisiana Monroe, Terry Bowden. First year about to take them to a bowl. And Akron's firing Oops. his fucking coach again. Like, god damn it. Like, there's so many things. And I, yeah. I mean, to a degree, I made fun of Virginia Tech this morning for firing, firing Fuente in the middle of uh, darkness. But mm-hmm. because, like, what it looks like is, like, we got to get in line here, right? We've got, you know, other teams have fired their coach. They've started the carousel. We've got to get in line. Yeah. And it's like, I guess... To a degree, yeah. I mean, when you read off those li- when you read off those names, it's like you're not trying to compete necessarily with USC and LSU. It's uh, it's those, it's. I guess you're thinking maybe you can compete with Washington, which I don't think you can if you're Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech has a disjointed view of itself. Um, but what was the other one you mentioned? Um, oh, TCU. Uh, fuck. I, I mean, I think I might rather have TCU than Virginia Tech too, to be quite honest with you. But I guess I get it to from that sense. But it's also like. Is there a plan? Because what I'm looking at here is, okay, 2020 came and you probably wanted to fire him in 2020 and you couldn't because of COVID. So that ruined your plans. This year starts and it's more of the same. And you just beat a team 48-17 on Saturday. Okay. Like I just looked at Virginia Tech's schedule. They had like a pretty bad stretch, two out of three losses that were rough coming into last week. They beat Duke 48-17 and fired their coach a couple days later. Yeah, that to me, I think you hit it. That to me says that... They won that game. He came off the field, found some or heard some bullshit from some people. Called somebody this morning. Said, "Fire me now, mm. right now, because Something. this is done." I'm, that's Something what had happened. probably happened. 
because he's getting his money, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's getting the full boat. So, I mean, I think that speaks to the bullshit that goes on here in some of these decisions and how they get made because it's not, it's just not organized. You can see it. It's not, it just and now looks correct me if I'm wrong. You know? Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like he's a guy who's actually going to be like attractive back he's on 45. the Yeah. He's 45 yeah. years old, right? They hire, and here's the thing, like, We've seen enough of these now, like, and enough of these guys struggle. Like, Scott Frost, Nebraska's bringing him back, right, of course. Um, and, you know, it's the and everyone likes to make fun of Scott Frost for a lot of different reasons. But, like, it's the same sort of thing as Fuente. Like, the, going up from the group of five to power five level mm-hmm. uh, in football is a big jump. It's not nothing. Like, we saw it first, you know, my first experience with that one full stop in my face was Brady Hoke coming from yeah. Ball State up to Michigan. And, you know, you could say what you wanted about Brady, but, you know, I saw, I covered Western Kentucky at that level and I covered Brady's undefeated. I covered a game when Ball State came in and they were undefeated. They were a damn good team, man. They were like on it. They were sharp. Mm -hmm. They were crisp. All the things you would look for. And then he comes up to this level and the margins just go right to hell and everything gets exposed. It's so much harder. He's four, this guy's 45 at Virginia Tech. Like, yeah. I mean, it's only, it's been five or six years. It hasn't quite worked. But yeah, I think you're right. Like, is there not something to be said about, unless he's a total disaster that I don't know about, which he could be, right. okay, behind the scenes. But I see some of these guys that are like 45 getting fired and I'm just like, <laughs> like, maybe you could ride it out a little bit longer and see if he could get his feet under him, you know, like... I don't know. It's a hard it's a hard deal, but like just just to constantly look like you don't know what you're doing. It, that's what everyone seems to look like all the time. Yeah. No one ever yeah. seems to have a plan ever, you know. And so question for you, question for you and I don't know if we were end up dealing with this in questions when when we have them, but whatever. Question for you. Is this how much of this is a byproduct of the fact that the the cycle the, the coaching carousel was so light last year because it's of a lot, the yeah. Circumstances. I'm sure some of these guys were already in the conversation. At, right. Like Jester Fuente, I remember people were talking about oh, this yeah, last year. Before. Last year, you know, and it was like you can't can the guy right now. That's preposterous. And right. now, you know, first second you get, hey, if you're if you're five and five in November, you're out, brother. And uh, God, man, there it is. You know, <laughs> and they had some tough losses. Like they lost to Notre mm-hmm. Dame or Notre Dame by like a field goal. You know what I mean? Like. What the hell? I just I don't know. I I really don't. I mean I I think that people... my bigger problem with it is if, is if this sport is going to treats these coaches this way, then you can't have the buyout system. No, the no, way that you not. have it. But I think it's... that moreover, moreover, your athletic directors and presidents, um, but really your ads, I guess, across the board have got to start really getting a better grasp of sort of what's going on in this sport, you know, like how mm-hmm. fast it's moving. You'd, I'd like to see some younger athletic directors. We're talking about younger people. I'd like to see some younger ADs out there, you know, like I'd like to, yeah. Michigan State just hired Alan Haller. Like Alan's not an old guy. I think that's a pretty sharp hire because I think he's a guy who not, you know, it's sharp because he's been there forever, but also like he's younger and I think he's in better position to sort of see how fast things are moving right now. Things are rapid and i think that there's something to be said and i think that there could be something to be said for the people that held their water in this situation mm-hmm. if you've got a coach that's otherwise and i don't know if fuente is you know, like you said Brennan, like maybe they maybe he sucks and they just wanted to fire him last year and they couldn't but if you've got a guy that you weren't sure about and like last year was last year and that is impacting sort of your decision on what you feel about him today and you say to yourself 
we're going to hold our water here and see if this guy is maybe who we thought he was before COVID still. And something's changed. You know, like, I think that there, if you did that, you could be rewarded in the end here. Because I, I think that, I, I don't know. I see a lot of rash decision-making happening. And we've been seeing that for a good minute. We saw it before COVID, sure. of course. But it seems like it's been accelerated and it hasn't slowed down enough. And, um... Yeah, you just hope that we're not going to sit here and see a coaching carousel like this every other year, which is what it feels like it could spin toward, you know, just total goddamn chaos all the time. Because I keep right. hearing, like, well, what about this guy? What about that guy? I'm like, well, that guy's even less experienced than the guy you just fired. <laughs> like, you know, like, he doesn't have any, you know, like, geez, right. like, I, you know, so and, I don't know what you're and, looking for, you know. And you have to bring it up. I hate to be the next guy, next guy thing, yeah. but I'm looking at Texas and goddamn, man. All gas, no brakes. You, Maybe you guys you, should get some brake pads before you uh, crash that mother... You know, Steve right Sarkeesian, you know, you bring him in, they give him all the money in the world, fire Tom Herman, who's been there for, what, three or four years, something years. like that, to go right. and lose and, you know, he, he's to Kansas. Too, but yeah, right, to lose to lose Kansas. Lose to Kansas at home. They're now, what they at have, home? like, six or seven losses. Lose to Kansas at home. <laughs> Can you imagine... Someone in 1973, you go back in time to the Cotton Bowl, 1975, and you tell some Texas fan, hey, 2022, y'all are losing to Kansas at home, and this building is going to be empty. Like, unbelievable! Yeah. At home! Yeah, uh, no problem. I Okay. <laughs> like, are you firing him? Like, immediately? I, You know, like, what's going on here? I just... A lot of panicking. A lot of panicking, and... Um, I guess to a degree it's understandable because it's a weird time, but uh, it's exposing a lot of cracks, you know? Like, it's exposing a lot of poor leaders, I think. Um, but, like, what do they has, do you know, in a lot of areas. if I'm pulling up their schedule? But it's There's also po- exposed a lot of strong leaders, I think, too. It's, it showed us, I think that COVID is also, to another side of it, like, you know, Tom Allen got a lot of attention last year, and they're having mm-hmm. a rough year this year. But Indiana's a unique program in that, like, they're going to ride it out with Tom Allen because they... Well, they're also riding it out because they commissioned all those statues to be built. Fine. (laughs) But also, but, like, that's a guy who fits their program, and they're just going to be like, hey, look, we wrote it out long enough to find it, and it's just going to be what we do for a while. Uh Like, that's, you know what? Like, that's what they should do. I think more teams should be okay with that. I, I think more teams need to start being more honest with themselves as this landscape continues to change. There's There's a lot of delusion you know, going on right now. A lot of delusion across the board. And we, when we start to see it get this ridiculous with some of these schools with their self, you know, like their own self-value of what they think they are. Right, right, right. When that's driving the boat of decision-making, it's it gets very dangerous. And, um, right. and God, what's interesting man, is, like, we, you know, yeah. we, we've talked so much about uh, how... COVID kind of derailed guys like Mel Tucker, who, you know, mm-hmm. could, could barely even get their program off the ground. And, you know, some guys were able to pull it off like Mel and other guys. Yeah. I'm sure it'll set them back in ways that they'll never bounce back from. Right. And, you yeah. know, they're going to end up being, they're going to end up being fired in 2022, 2023, yep. whatever it may be. Right. And they'll, they'll never for the rest of their, right. For yeah. the rest of their lives, they'll say, I wonder what would have happened if sure. COVID never. There's the, there's the other group of guys who got hired a couple years prior to COVID mm-hmm. and we're in year three or four and about to hit yeah. when COVID hit and, and we're about to sh- have success. Mm-hmm. Then COVID hit and they get knocked back 
Yeah. And now their resume is completely different. And uh, I bring yeah. that up because I was t- talking about Mel- uh, Laval Jordan yesterday. Mm-hmm. Laval Jordan came into Butler, struggled first couple yeah. of years. Yeah, they weren't got, got his guys in, right. got it rolling. He had that team up to number five in the country yeah. in the 2020 season. And they stumbled a little bit in Big East play, but they were going to be a number four, a number five seed in the NCAA tournament. Who knows what happens there? Instead, yeah. that tournament gets wiped out. Right. Next year, half of his players caught COVID. He had two ACL tears. They go 10 and 15 last year. Yeah. And now you talk to anyone in Indianapolis and it's like, this is a make or break year for Laval Jordan. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's just like, well, wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) And that's never good. You know? know, Like, like, shit. I feel like Laval's already had three make or break years in Indianapolis, though. So maybe the people in Indianapolis need to start... But yeah, no, I get your point. I mean, it's yeah. like it, it gets both sides end up getting like, what do you? You get nervous and you do things maybe that you wouldn't have done, right? Like I actually right. looked at, and you know, Dan Mullen can sometimes sound like an insane person, um, and maybe it yeah. wouldn't have worked there either way. Um, but I look at that one and I'm like, you know, I mean, I saw Florida walk off the field after beating Michigan's ass in 2018 or whatever it was, his first year, and they, and they were cooking. Money. They were right. cooking. Like, so, um, you know, things changed there, you know, abruptly. And I got to think COVID had a lot to do with that. And he did not handle it well. And now mm-hmm. we're seeing it, you know, the other side of that. And it's just like what it's exposed is, you know, a guy like Dan Mullen, you know, an Urban Meyer, I think, to a degree, too. And guys like this where it's like if you're operating on any smoke and mirrors, on any bullshit at all, it's going to get exposed and it's going to get, you know, and you're going to have to get rid of it. And I think that's the lesson as we're now, you know, however many months away from the start of COVID, like every program has had to, you know, whether they fired or coach, kept the coach, whatever, has sort of made a change to eradicate a bunch of bullshit that was like exposed because of COVID. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like something happened in every program that was exposed. If you look at, if you just went and looked not even like really that intent, but sort of like peeled back a little bit and kind of looked at it, peeled back the onion a little bit. Like that guy at Texas said last night, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That question Mm -hmm. that we saw, sorry, can I ask? I think you'd see that, you know, across the board. I think COVID really did expose a lot of that. And it's interesting to see all these places sort of react, but yeah. Anyway, we've talked a lot about this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And for for the record, Texas's yeah. last two games are at West Virginia and against Kansas State. So there's a strong chance they finish uh, yeah. four and eight, Not great. which hey. would be their fewest wins since, <laughs> since Charlie Strong's last hey, year. Yeah. Since Charlie Strong's last year, Oklahoma just lost to Baylor. Texas is horrible. SEC 2024. Here we go. The two, those two teams wouldn't win a game in that league today. They'd be winning hundred percent. 100%. Win. Well, maybe not Oklahoma. Texas will be winless. Anyway, going forward here, <laughs> we've got uh, local things to talk about. As we talk, if you promised you at the top, and then 20 minutes later, Michigan Penn State, my man, uh, was a different game. And before I get into my thoughts on this, I wanted to talk to you about it because, as someone who's been around um, the Ann Arbor area here, uh, sure. Michigan football, uh, since Jim Harbaugh has been at Michigan, you know, I think you would understand why that game was different. So I was, I sort of would like to get your thoughts on, uh, as you're watching the game, because I know you watched it, um, 
you're watching that thing sort of unfold and unpack, and uh, what's your thoughts and, and sort of what was your reaction as it happened? I, given what we've seen over the years, That's you're kind of just yeah. waiting for something to go wrong. You right. know, you're waiting for the play that ends up being the conversation that overwhelms the week. Mm-hmm. And you, I think, part of Jim Harbaugh <laughs> was waiting for that play to happen. And so there's a reason in that in that post-game press conference when he's saying, you know, how about those Wolverines? That oh, was basically oh. him saying, can you believe we didn't fuck it up? How about that? <laughs> how so, about that? You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. what it felt like. To me, and it was just like the relief. How about those you, Wolverines? <laughs> you know, it was like the heat off the shoulders of like, yeah. man, we you know we've been pounding our head against the wall, pounding against our head against the wall, and as long if you keep doing things the right way, eventually, you know, it th- will that's crash. the theory. That's yeah. the theory, yeah. at least, right? Yes. And eventually, you you get that payoff, and you know, for as good of a win as it was for for Harbaugh, it was equally as horrific. <laughs> For James Franklin, which, like, if I'm sitting there and in real time watching a game on mute and saying that's the dumbest play I've ever seen and, like, don't need the announcers to tell 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 me, that's, like, a horrific – that fake field goal on on the two-yard line was – Unbelievable. The, that was like the dumbest, like nineteen eighties, like dumb idiot yeah. coach what are move you doing? of just yeah. like let's just do this for the hell Did of it. We're like, sure, call this play. Like, <laughs> like what? Every <laughs> metric possible would be like, no, you right. just run your best play on the two yard line instead of putting it in the hands of the fucking holder I, I and just, the kicker. I so, know that he's a good recruiter, and I think yeah. he's a better football coach than than people give him credit for in a lot of areas. But like, he is just a horrific. Horrific in-game decision maker, and that to me is—you can't be that and be it. You know, like he has a reputation as a coach that everybody wants, and it's like I don't understand why. Because when in winning time like that, that's just not. But to to the point yeah. we want to talk about here, Michigan, and I think that you're right, and I think that that's what everyone's sort of reaction was, and I think that it's interesting that you said that. You know, maybe that was Harbaugh's reaction too, and I think that to a degree, you're probably right. But this is what I think clicked for me, and I don't know why it took me seven years for it to click. And maybe it has earlier, and I just blocked it out and re-remembered it. Um, But this is, like, uh, this is his preferred way of doing business. This is how, Mm -hmm. like, to him, that whole scenario, the way that that ended, kneeling the ball out on the road, yeah, you know, looking over at that asshole Franklin and being like, fuck you, you're beat, motherfucker. <laughs> like, that, I mean, he's like in heaven. That's the best yeah. possible feeling in the world for him because I think he's going to look back at that game and he's going to tell those guys, like, we play football, we don't play it the easy way. And they don't. And we've talked right. about that on this show, and I've told you about that several times, and we've kind of explained that. They, on purpose, <laughs> play a style of ball that requires a level of mental fortitude, toughness, dedication, and all sure. of this, right? And when Harbaugh's got a team that can do it, holy shit, man, they are tough to fucking deal with. And that's what this is. So that's why when he walks into the post game, I don't think it was him being surprised. I think it was him being like, you're damn right. This is, we've got one right. here. We've got one right. here because... Because how know, many times in his mind... sword that he lives on. It's like when you do have one... When the roster can match coaches, sort of like mental, this is what it takes, it's really good.
But on the other side of that, right, when he doesn't have one, and it's reasonable to not have a roster of college age kids that can't do that, it can get hairy. So that's right. It's an interesting line that they walk. But yeah, when they have one that matches, you see it, and it's that. That's what we saw on Saturday. Sorry. Go ahead. I mean, how how many times, like how many games in his mind has has he replayed? And oh. thought about how it would just completely change perception, right? The game yeah. at Iowa, yeah. whatever the hell year that was, 16, 17, whenever the yeah. hell that was, right? Obviously, the punt game versus Michigan State, you know, the game, the the year they opened the season with the loss to Notre Dame and then went and lost at Ohio State in the in the finale. Yeah. Like, it's just these games that are opportunities that just have just kind of derailed, you know, the, the, the potential ceiling of a season. And... Yeah. You know, like, yeah, losing to Michigan State could end up being that that game this year when all is said and done and we look back on the, the record and say, holy hell, what would have happened if they hadn't lost that game? You know, but it's, but for now, yeah. if you lose this game, it's the same thing all over again. So It's interesting. It's, it's such a window into Harbaugh, I feel like, this whole conversation, because you mentioned even the Iowa game, the first one that they lost, or the 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that game. Like, they lost. Iowa storms the field. Um, the guys are like despondent and that was a really good team. The best team he's had. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and the guys were shaken up. They didn't know what to, you know, and it was, and I remember going into the uh, post game there being like, okay, well, this is the first time we're really going to hear what Harbaugh is like after one of these. I mean, he had the Michigan state loss right. with the gut punch the first year, but this was different. You know, um, this was like a, what, what was that? Like what just happened here? And he was like, he had this, like, I mean, I'll never forget it. He had this level of, um, like disappointment, it was disappointment. Like in his voice, that like I thought this team was tougher than that. I thought this mm. team was going to be able to rise to the moment, and I thought we were going to be able to come back in here and shove that up. You know, this was a hostile ass crowd on top of us. We were going to come in here, play our brand of football, and shove them back on you know whatever on the bus and be like, take that, and we're going to ride out of here. That's how he prefers to do it. Like I mean, it's. It sounds insane sometimes, but like that's his like that's how he coaches. That's Jim Harbaugh. Period. End of story. When he's himself, that's him. And I never sort of forgot that. I always wondered, like, man, I think he probably could have been better in that moment. You know, like I think he probably mm-hmm. could have definitely handled that better. I think he could have had a better sort of like um, whatever for his team in that moment. And he's gotten better at that, of course, over the years too. And that's been a process, as people have seen. But I think that was a raw like. And I think you see moments like this, like you saw on Saturday, when when he gets a team that shows to him that they can, like, sort of do that. They can, they do have what it takes to grind yeah. through those, like, oh, man, this is not going to be easy. Like, this is, we have really done it to ourselves this time, boys. Like, we're going to have to figure this one out, right? Like, to be able to do it is a different kind of thing. And that can, that can be, if you capitalize on it and can... Turn it into something else. Those are the games and types of moments that turn the corner of a program. And so it happened seven years in. <laughs> but I mean, and it might not be anything if they don't follow up on it. Right. But that's why it was different. And that's why it felt, um, yeah, it felt like even if you were upset about how it went and how they got themselves in that situation, I don't think you saw many Michigan fans that were like, <laughs> Lord, that was pretty good. Like, I think yeah. a lot of them were like, Whatever. Who cares about the previous 59 minutes? That ending was great. That was awesome. And I think that that's what people wanted to see when they when, when Harbaugh got here. And like you said, they've been close several times 
to right. doing that. And, you know, to see one go was, was big. It was big for everybody, I think. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Do you count this as not obviously let's do what we do and get ahead of ourselves? Oh, um, yeah, of course. The you know, a win over Maryland and a, you know, a good showing and a loss to Ohio State. Yeah, do you do you think at this point because like a win like this was like the shit that this is what Ward Manuel was looking it. for? Yes. this is what Ward Manuel, oh, was yeah, buddy, for, right? Like exactly. you needed to show a, a turn. Of a page to like this, we're it's going to be different. It's going to look different. They're going to respond differently. Yeah. Um, before you continue, this is a this was a Lloyd Carr road win. Everybody would talk about how hey Harbaugh's back to being like Lloyd, and I would always say no. Lloyd's teams would go on the road and win games like this. Okay, mm-hmm. this was different. So go ahead. Yeah, but yes, you're right. This is exactly so, what Ward was looking for. I wonder if like at this point it's been validated. Like I the do plan has been that, validated, yeah. and and it's. Okay. Hard, to, hard to think that like, it might not be. Yeah? You're mean, good. Yeah. You're good. You know, go. We're our, our, we're behind you. We like where we're and, at. And, and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I would think it's there. I, I would think, think so. It's there. I think yeah. so because I think also you look at the team, and you look at everything you know that's coming back. And I know Harbaugh got asked yesterday if Cade McNamara has done enough to win the job next year, which is a bit <laughs> talking about jumping ahead. But I mean, that does speak to, they have a lot of guys, you know, they're going to lose Aiden, and they're probably going to lose Ojabo. I don't think you're going to be able to keep David. I mean, he's going to be a first-round pick. Everybody, cat's out of the bag, okay? Everyone knows Ojabo's awesome, okay? So, like, you're, I don't think you're going to be able to keep those guys. But if you look at everybody else, that's, a lot of guys have to come back. Um, and you look at guys like Daxton Hill, and you're like, well, he reasonably, maybe he does come back. I would think that you could make a case there. They could be really good. Next year. Yeah. Really yeah. good. Like one of those like 2016 type seasons where you can get a group that's together, bringing a bunch of guys back, you know, let them lead in the winter and let them lead. Those are Harbaugh's best teams. Let them lead the team. Let them run the show. Older and guys, do- you know, like, man, and, and you could have one of those coming back. And so I think that that's what people understand right now. Or they and, should and if they good, don't. Good Vibes, good vibes. Too. If you finish it with you know, good vibes, though. You got to finish. Yeah, right. One hundred percent. Yeah, you can't go and lose by forty at Ohio State. No, and you can't. Right. You, know, you fall can't on yourself lose, in a bowl game or whatever. Can't look either. bad against Ohio State. Can't go to a, then go to a bowl game and and you know. Look like go, you haven't practiced for a month. Right. Go, yeah. go, go shit the bed versus some team that you know on paper is just a program not of your caliber. Right. Um, right. Because that's going to always be the thing with with Michigan when you play in in bowl games that. Um, are outside of 
the playoff or whatever it may be, the brand-wise, beating Michigan still enormous for any yeah. program. So they're going to give you everything you got. So Still there. Still uh, holds. Yeah, so but like, I, <laughs> I really think, in terms of where the conversation was at the beginning of the year, um, oh, man. it's impressive. It's impressive what they've it's done. It's and really this impressive. Game, th- this game felt like it was like a three-hour kind of encapsulation of of the His fact that, tenure. you know, this, this thing, um, you know, credit where it's due for what, what they've accomplished this year because – Expectations were what they were, and they were not unreasonable. <laughs> no, they weren't. No, they weren't. Right. And I think that right. this is, it's funny because I just like, I was actually talking to somebody yesterday about this who knows Harbaugh um, really well. And it was, and they agreed that it was like, I, it's funny how it took this long to sort of hit you in the head, but it's like, this is just how he is. This is how he's going to coach. This is how he's going to do it. They're not, you know, he changed offenses when they hired Gaddis. They did, but they did not change the plan. They did not change the way he wants to run. Mm-hmm. Show right, they're more efficient in their run game. They're more efficient in some of the things they do with their pass concepts. But this is still grinding meat, Harbaugh football. The Harbaugh family could write a book on it if they wanted to, or develop a series of tapes. Maybe that's what <laughs> they'll do when they all retire. Is develop VHS. a series of go around and teach <laughs> high school coaches how to cut and measure a game uh, conservatively with your run game. But like that's. Harbaugh football. So, like, it's going to change and morph and twist, but, like, man, they're at their best when they are who they are, and they're alphas who are at their best when they have good lines who can look across from your line and say, we are going to kick your ass for 60 Mm -hmm. full minutes. And if you can stand there at the end without your knees wobbling and beat us, then we'll shake your hand and walk off the field, but I bet you can't. Like, that's Jim Harbaugh football in in a nutshell. You can change it and tweak it and whatever, but, like, the more I've thought about it, like, no, they're not going to run no huddle, breakneck, sub, you know, they're not going to do it. He's not going to go and run, like, you know, let somebody go out there and throw it 60 times. Not going to happen. So even if J.J. McCarthy is a starting quarterback one day or when he becomes a starting quarterback one day, is he going to throw the ball 40 times? He is not going to throw the ball 40 times. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this is hardball football, whether you like it or not, but when it's good, it's really good. The challenge is keeping it good because... Like we've talked about, these ebbs and flows of these roster, you know, changes and everything else, especially nowadays, makes it hard. But, like, great job. This year. I mean, there's no other way to look at it. I think Harbaugh's been a National Coach of the Year candidate. I think that um, he should be in that conversation with anybody, um, mm. anywhere. With Mel Tucker as well. I think both of them, um, you know, and, and maybe you give Mel the edge there because he won the game against him head up. But, like, both of them have been two sure. of the best coaches. I cannot think of two better than those two anywhere in America this year. I mean, I would, I'd have to take more time on it, right, to wreck my brain. I'm sure I could think of some other guys certainly deserving. I mean, there's other guys deserving, of course, but like, right. to say that there's more, you know, especially with Harbaugh, for what he had on the line, like you said, Brandon, think about that. Not unreasonable, but that's a lot. Okay, take all yeah. that out of it. Not unreasonable, a mess of your own doing, a situation of your own creation, all of those things, all those things were true. Still a hell of a tough situation to be in. Like, brutally difficult. Most coaches, a majority of coaches, 95% of coaches would have fallen flat on their face. Would have just been like, they'd have been done by the end of September. Okay? Like, we talk about these jobs that are, we talk about these schools that are firing their coaches at 8 a.m. on a Tuesday morning in November. Like, would have done that in September. If if Michigan went (laughs) off the rails early, like, you'd be in that, you know, if you go in, if they went and, lost 
a couple of shitty games earlier, right? Then lose to Michigan yeah. State and then lose. You know, and the conversation right now would be like, you can't let you can't let Harbaugh coach against Ohio State. You got to no, get this guy right. out of here. You got to turn the page. Yeah, like right. it's really easy to imagine what this thing would have right. been like. You were, t- <laughs> we're just talking about totally toxic last year that were like <laughs> they can't play Ohio if they play Ohio State and lose eighty to nothing or whatever. Like it will do unfixable damage. Like this was where this was at. Like and it's insane. Bat shit insane to be sitting here in November talking about, well, they're 9-1 and one and are <laughs> game away from maybe playing for the Big Ten title. Like, I just, it's classic Jim Harbaugh in every way. Um, I don't know how it's going to end. It might end in spectacular, disastrous fashion. But it's classic Jim Harbaugh in every way. There has to be, deep inside of his brain, double birds toward every single fan. Walking off every field that they win a game like that. You know it. Because he's just mm-hmm. like, you motherfuckers. You guys <laughs> thought that I was some like completely shitty piece of shit coach. And here we are, 9-1, and one, in the most chaotic year ever. And mm-hmm. the only guy that could pull it off, pulls it off. I mean, that's what... That's what it was. That's what it's been so far to this, to this point, you know, for him to be in this situation. I just don't think another temperament probably would have been able to do it. There were... Situ- there were Decisions that had to be made in terms of like swallowing egos and things like that that were made here um, that people didn't see <laughs> that, that would not have happened in other places. Right. Um, right. Just frankly would not. And, and, you know, even here and under other coaches would not have happened. So, you know, hey, it's been seven years and I've given Jim Harbaugh more shit than anybody around this block over those seven <laughs> years. But this has been a terrific <laughs> coaching job uh, by right. him and his whole staff. From the start of whenever they got together in like May, yeah. remember that too. Like the staff really didn't get fully together together until after spring ball because linguist Maurice Linguist took the Buffalo head coaching job. Right. It's been terrific. They've been fantastic. It's been a terrific fit across the board, and you credit all the guys that came into Mike Hart, Bellamy, Mike McDonald. You know, like and the guys. You know, Josh Gaddis taking on a shared role with. Sharon Moore, Sharon Moore taking out a bigger role with that offensive line and turning them into what they've been, you know, one of the best in the, in the country. So a terrific job. No other way to look at it. And, you know, I don't want to – I know there's people sitting there, well, you're shitting on Michigan State. We'll talk about them in a second. We just talked about how great they are. But, like, I feel like a lot of people like to uh, press the button on Harbaugh the other way and don't ever come back on it when it's deserved. Oh, yeah. But, but this, oh, is, this has been a terrific – and we'll see how it finishes. But to this point, it's been great. I mean, they've been – Every, pushed all the every, right buttons. Yeah. Push the right buttons roster wise. Push yeah. the right buttons staff wise, right? The yeah. the McDonald hiring of everything down. Um right down to Sharon Moore. Like somebody Yeah, right. The brought that up line. to me last I saw, night. Oh, I saw you tweeting about that O line yesterday. My God, getting... like and, and yeah, and someone <laughs> and someone uh, you know, brought up a great point in the in the mentions there. They were like, you know, that was a big question entering the season. Like yeah. people were nervous. You know, Sharon had never done that. Like is he ready? And, you know, they'd ask me, like, is he is he ready? And I'm like, I don't know. They think he's ready, but I guess you don't know until you see it. And, like, I told whoever it was that asked, like, well, question answered in ink. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. this has been terrific. They've – I look at a guy like Trevor Keegan, and, you know, I, I give Ed Warner credit for that too in, in the development of some of these guys. But, like, you know, it's mostly Sharon Moore for unlocking this. Keegan was a terrific athlete in high school that was, like, a mess. He couldn't <laughs> – I mean, he did, you know, t- technically, fundamentally – he mm-hmm. has gotten so much better 
like crazy, crazy improvement. He's an NFL prospect. Like they've got so much better across the board, all those guys. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a credit to the whole staff and it starts at the top. And we talk about that a lot. It all starts at the top. So I saw the Brills Award. Gaddis is up for that. Harbaugh should be up for whatever the final, I don't know what the major coaching award is, but he should be sure. up for whatever it is. And I think that's uh, that's fair. So at Maryland on yeah. Saturday, you don't want to discount Maryland. I'm sure they can sneak up and bite someone in the ass. They can score some points. However, yeah, it's 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 kind of impossible not to just look yeah, at of course. November 27th. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> this is going to be, you know, this ta- this part of the state, you know, you you live well, uh, right there, you live right down the road from the old stadium. I'm out here in Canton where I planted my flag in the wind. <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> big supporter of Canton Athletics up here. This guy. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, this whole thing—it is going to be a oh my god hot box shit show of a week. <laughs> the nervous energy. This is this is my favorite stuff. I prop anyone who's listened to us for years knows that this is yeah. this is my favorite stuff because it's not it's not even the what the game means. I more than anything love watching people's reactions to a it, yeah. fan base. And and the media and everyone else just try to handle a lot of sweaty oh, palms out a here, week man. like this and the anxiety <laughs> that comes with it. Like it is just the peak a lot of sweaty logical yeah. e- <laughs> experiment. You know, psychology. Everything. Find out everybody's true fears. Oh man, you know, just the people. Just there's. There's the people that love it. There's the people that secretly hate it. There's know? nothing like it. There is it's, nothing like it's it. It's great. I, I, mean, I can't wait. We can talk more about wait. that next week, but I will say yes. that after however many years it's been, you know, like, uh, and it's funny. I was talking to Sean Windsor yesterday. I was up at um, Michigan State for Mel Tucker, and, you know, the thing that you were talking about, Michigan-Ohio State, the thing that people aren't totally counting for here necessarily is that if Michigan State beats Ohio State on Saturday – they are going to be playing for an undefeated, you know, like for the whole shebang on the final day of the season alongside Michigan, Ohio State. So it's going to be Michigan State, Penn State on that final day. So he was like, what do you, I, he might go up to that game. But either way, the anxiety from both sides, I think, could be possibly at a fever pitch. But no, for Michigan, Ohio State specifically, there's nothing like that sort of wave that people sort of fly on when it matters. And especially, when uh, the bands have sat down and everyone sits down and you're upstairs yep, and they're like five minutes from going and you see the coaches kind of, you know, in Columbus and Ann Arbor, you know, they walk by us. Mm-hmm. You can see them. We ride the elevators with them in Columbus sometimes. Yeah. Like I got, I was, I rode the elevator up and down um, in 2018 with Al Washington, who ended mm. up going to talk about a difference of uh, three and a half hours. I mean, this is... You see how these guys, especially the ones who have like familial ties or played here or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hey, oh, buddy, it's a different deal, and yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it all goes, but um, I don't know. I mean, Ohio State's really good, of course, as always is the case. Um, but like we've talked about, I mean, there's so many things you could you could look at that matchup for Michigan, and it's the same every year, right? It's like, do you have enough speed? Do you have enough this? Do you have enough that? Do you have enough calls defensively to give them things to? Can you hang on? Can you do all these? But I think what it all boils down to, really, because the talent is the talent. The differential is the different. We know what that is. 
Um, for Michigan, on Michigan's side of that coin, it boils down to whether or not they have a quarterback and a roster with the Stones um, to go in there and make the five or six plays. And in a game like that, it's probably seven to ten. Big time All American type oh, yeah. ball, you know, let's fucking go plays to beat a team like that. And that I'm talking mentally now. I'm not talking talent. I'm talking do you have the mental fortitude to do that? Yep. And I would argue that I think that this team has that. So when that is the case, this game can be interesting. When it's not the case, I think we all know how it's gonna go. <laughs> when it is the case, I don't I don't foresee a situation where this team gets rolled out the building. Sure. But I didn't think that was going to happen in 2018 either. This, however, does feel a lot different than that. I am much more... I agree. Um, you know what I mean? Do you feel that way? I agree. Like with, I agree. I agree. McNamara and the offensive line. And I liked Michigan's offensive line a lot in 2018. I, there's a difference in confidence with McNamara than Shea Patterson by I, I think a thousand they, times. I mean, I think they got the chops. They got the yeah. moxie, whatever word you want to use. But then also like just execution-wise and, and not shooting themselves in the foot and doing the things that yeah. Ohio State always seems to turn into seven. Right? Right. Like that mistake that you That's blink. Exactly. Yeah. You blink. Michigan and Michigan blinks in this game, right? Right. You, you blink and it's seven every time. Every well, single time. You know, between the way that this team plays, between it being at home, like every ass is going to be on a bench at 1130 in the morning that morning. That place is just going to be yeah, coming I, off of its moorings. I know we like to make fun of Michigan Stadium and, you know, that it's oh, not the environment that a lot one. of people. This one, man, that is going to no, be straight different. gasoline in that place. So, um, yeah. They'll be ready. And I don't care that it's a noon game because it's going to actually be a night game for the people who are getting ready for it because they're going to start the night before. <laughs> start the week before. Start <laughs> Sunday before, whatever it is. It'll be a whopper. I mean, we'll see how it all... I mean, obviously, this Maryland one is important and they've got... Um, you want to see them kind of come out and be workmanlike and right. all those things and, and everything else, but... Um, but let's flip let's flip the page here yeah. because these Michigan State fans who are listening to this are probably foaming at the mouth right now because they're actually playing Ohio State this week and we've been sitting it here talking about a game that's game. Not there. This game huge for Ohio game. State. This is great. I love this. Is, I mean, like this we've is, got this two months awesome. to talk about. Like, this is, <laughs> we probably didn't need to talk about Steve Sarkeesian, but here we are. No, this Sorry. is a massive <laughs> game. You know what? I went up there yesterday, um, and you know Mel Tucker's in big game mode here. You know, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, and you can tell, you know, by the way he talks and everything else, it, it was similar oh, to here. the um, vibe. <laughs> uh, it was similar Jill. to the vibe what were, that he had in the Michigan game, in the Michigan yeah. week, you know, in terms of all business, all this. But, you know, I did ask, and Graham asked it too, we both asked the question about, because he was so pissed after they lost this game last year and got, you know, their pants pulled down and spanked. I mean, it was bad. This was the worst mm-hmm. It looked right, and yeah. and he, you know, I asked. I was like, you know, how much did that game really sort of crystallize? Or I probably asked the question poorly, or whatever. So it's proud me, but like crystallize <laughs> sort of your offseason vision, right? And like maybe put it into overdrive, like the whole like we got to flip this thing, right? Because this yeah, yeah, is bullshit. Yeah. And he talks so much about how you know we're not waiting. You know, Peyton Thorne came and talked about how that was such a big deal to the guys to hear that. And the you know we're not waiting. I don't want to wait for to get my guys in here. You're my guys. We can win right now. Let's go do this. You know, that kind of stuff. That game clearly was a change. But he was like, had nothing to do with it. Had nothing to do with it. Nothing to, you know, and all this. And then Graham asked the same question, like, a couple minutes later. 
And he's like, look, and he just kind of broke it down and, and sort of talked. And um, I think that's why I like listening to him talk, because when he gets, it's not like he was hot because he doesn't really get hot about something. But when mm-hmm. he gets on on something like that, he'll explain sort of how he sees things. And I know that he knows what it takes to be great. And he knows what right. it, because he talked, Colton asked him about Jim Trestle. He talked about Trestle. That was the only thing he talked about, like that was a good answer. And he mm-hmm. talked about Trestle's, the little things and the details that he learned from him about what it takes to be, you know, great. When you're playing Ohio State, that's the measure that you're looking for. Do we have, and every great Michigan team for, you know, forever w- was like that. Same thing. We're going against this team. Do we have what it takes to be a champion? We're going to find out today because, like, if we don't, they're going to expose it. And right. he knows that. And, like, that's why this is such a, it was such a big deal, I think, last year. Because I do think he probably had this plan going in. Obviously, they were going to do this all along. But I think, if nothing else, it was certainly probably a day where he was like, yeah, we've got to really hit the gas. Because that was mm-hmm. my my memory of that day more than anything. Is he talked he talked unsolicited to us on that Zoom for, like, 45 minutes. Basically about, like, I don't want any assistants here who are telling me about how, Coach, we don't have enough time to recruit. Coach, it's hard, you know, bullshit. Like, I don't want to hear it. Like, and he was doing all that. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy is not here for it. And it was just like, and I wondered, like, is it just because he lost to Ohio State and it's really pissing him off because he coached there and everything? Or if it was just like, that's him. And I, we've got an answer a year later, it's him. And I think that maybe he took that as like, this is me all along. That might have just lit the fire a little harder, but it's not like it was never there before, right? And I think that... Uh, this is a very interesting day, and um, I think Michigan State's going to be here for it, <laughs> I think is what I would say. I think that uh, Ohio State is going to get their um, their hardest swing uh, for the full 60. I would expect nothing less, and we'll see how it goes, and we'll see if they have enough firepower, because that's what it's going to take, because I, I, they're not going to be able to slow them down you know, for, for the full four quarters. But if Walker can pop a few and Peyton Thorne can be special, and you put pressure on them, as we saw Oregon did earlier in the year, this is not the same Ohio State team. This is not the ball-busting, soul-crushing, child-eating Ohio State team that we've seen in years past. They're not invincible, is my point. So sure, you so, stand there and look them in the eye and fight them. They might, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, the, the yeah, I, I get what you're saying. At the same time, like, no, they're so they, really- they can score... <laughs> The shit right. out yes. of the ball. They're averaging they four are. to six points a game. They're averaging five hundred fifty yards awesome. a game. Yeah. They're av- they've scored fifty nine touchdowns, eight yeah, really yards good. a game, eight yards per play. Mm-hmm. What the hell kind of stat is that? I didn't even know that was they're possible. But they, they're a video game. And, and, they're so but, and seeing you know some of Michigan State's defensive issues, oh especially in yeah. the secondary, <laughs> I'm like, part of me thinks because of Michigan be State's toughness, like. The same thing applies that we said about Michigan, that like, man, they're just not going to get blown out. But then I see, man, oh, you know, like what Ohio State is so good at seems to kind of fly in the face of, of yes. what Michigan State's biggest deficiencies are. And you're like, oh, you you've know. You've got like, to be able to jump on them early. And you've got to be able to see if they make a mistake. Them. Right. Got to match them because they'll they'll go up three touchdowns on you. In, They've got to cut it. They've got it. Yeah. I mean, this has got to be a D'Antonio game Mm -hmm. you know and I think Mel knows that like this has got to be and that's why he was so good in these Uh, you know it's the tighten up don't give them anything don't take any chances but tighten the fuck up don't give them anything and if they make one mistake you have got to be all over it and you've got to cash in like that's 
when they won that game in 2015, when you know, and that's the one that everybody looks at, and really was the one I think that uh, maybe the best D'Antonio win that he had. I would say, yeah. and I yeah. think the most impressive. I mean, my God, that team was so loaded. Ohio State, Michigan State was good too, but that was the game. I mean, it was they did it with a backup quarterback. <laughs> it was yeah. just like you know, like do not give them anything. Do not take any unnecessary risks. When the time is right, take the right risks, the measured risks, the ones that you've pl- you know prepared for, planned for. You know, guys used to talk about you know D'Antonio was so good at those trick plays, right? Everybody, would be, oh, those trick plays, those lucky ass trick plays. Right. I mean, if you talk to guys that played for him, they'd be like, D'Antonio would talk about those plays for months. <laughs> like, I mean, it would be, you know, mm-hmm. we're gonna get this, and here's where we're gonna get it, right? Against this situation and this spot, and like, I think this is one of those games for sure. Um, I know Mel Tucker gets that and understands that they're going to have a plan, but to your point, it can go to hell in five seconds. And right. so, what are you going to do if they jump out fourteen nothing? Then what? And that's mm-hmm. the thing that you know, unfortunately for most teams in the Big Ten, that you just do not have an answer. You know, because if they get up like that and Stroud's feeling comfortable, it's over. You know, like he is. And those receivers are as dynamic as you're going to see anywhere in America. So, and Day is as good as any play caller and schemer. So, I mean, you've got to be able to find a way to get an inch there early and see if you can, you know, kind of pit bull your way through it. You know, that's yeah. the only way to do it. Yeah, this this Ryan Day, Mel Tucker, the first time they're going against each other, obviously, because they didn't play last Yeah, last year, year Day was um, out. That's right, with COVID. You know, and, or sorry, you're right, because he wasn't, he wasn't there. Yeah, I think um, it was Larry Johnson. Yeah, coach that day. Uh, the, um, that dynamic's interesting because you know, assuming you know Michigan State gets a long-term deal done with with Tucker, yeah, like this is a this is one I feel like could have a juice for a, a few years. Oh, yeah. you know, these, these two matching wits and Tucker obviously has his ties to Ohio State, so he was on he was on Trestle staff right yeah. from the one the national title four, yeah. and that wanted won the O two title. Yes, it was DB's coach yes. and and co defensive coordinator in his time there. Yeah, um, so, so he's yeah, got familiar- the. Mel is a D'Antonio, Saban, Trestle, coaching right. tree guy, which is which is kind of the, you know, in a lot of ways, it's kind of the best, you know, the best, like, trio to have because it's also Belichick. So you've got, mm-hmm. you know, you understand defense. I can't believe this guy is this successful. This right. is stunning. <laughs> it's amazing. I can't believe this dude, right? <laughs> so, I mean, like, you've got all these, you know, their defense is always going to be sound. They have a plan. They're no nonsense. You know, you know they Mel thinks... Just like, I mean, you can tell it's it's a mixture of all those guys, right? Like, that's what it feels like to me. Um, and even some D'Antonio in there. I, I, I don't think he's, I, know, I don't know how close they are or aren't, but like, there's some of that in there too. Because I think that's just all sort of communal from that tree. And I guess that's the thing to your point, like, that would be fascinating because he is the type of guy that knows what it takes to beat Ohio State. Like, he knows... <laughs> He knows yeah. what it takes. He's got the he's got the you know sort of code to the vault there. You know if you've got the right mix on the team, he knows what it takes to do it. So um, that's what I thought about when they hired him. You know, like if he can get it the way he wants it, he's really a great fit. You know, it was just like I think I still remember um, in the middle of the fickle thing. You know, when all mm-hmm. that remember that bullshit. Yeah. When it, I think it right when it had like fallen apart to a point where it was obvious it wasn't going to happen. Colton was the one who first said like I think they should hire Mel Tucker, and I was like, 
that is probably as good as Luke Fickle. And that's what I thought mm-hmm. in my head. And I was like, hey, so here we go, man. Like, this is a big one. This is a big one for Mel. Again, like we talked about uh, in that Michigan game, this one is a different type of thing. And I would argue in some ways, um, for a guy like Mel Tucker, this is bigger. Because yeah. I think that he thinks on a bigger plane. And I think that, um, you know, this is, a, this is a true, not that that wasn't a championship game, but this is a true, you know, this is a playoff game. I mean, this is, you lose this and okay, whatever. Like, you know, I mean, this is this is all business. We're going to find out who's got it and who doesn't here. What's what's the most important thing Michigan State needs to do outside the obvious of not letting them, not letting Ohio State turn this yeah. into a, a moon launch? What? <laughs> I think it's you've got to have a you've got to have a good plan. I think defensively in terms of you know sort of understanding that you're going to give up yards, understanding that it's not going to be you're not going to just take away first down from them. They're not you know they're going to be in favorable spots but I think really for Michigan State it's going to be what do you do in the red zone what are you doing down there what are your calls uh what are your third down pressures what are your pressures like in general because I think that there has been times this year where they have gotten off kilter offensively like they're not impossible to knock off that's what I'm saying earlier like they're not impossible to knock off they're not a juggernaut I don't think they're amazingly talented and very very good uh, but there's a difference I think between war machine Ohio State and, like, really good Ohio State. I think this is really good Ohio State. So mm-hmm. I, I think they're solvable if you can do some things to kind of bother them in situations. That's what it is. Like, if you get them into a third and six and you get the right call and mess them up, it could mess them up for, like, two drives. Like, that's what I've seen mm-hmm. from them this year. So that type of stuff, you know, really hammer in on, like, can you uncover, can your defensive staff sort of uncover some things that can maybe trip them up here and there, like one or two things, if you can kind of hang in there and get it close. Like, that's, I think, what you're looking for is not just don't turn the ball over and, you know, all these things, but, like, can you do something that gets them off rhythm just for a little bit? Because it doesn't have to be forever. Because as we've seen, if you throw a little bit of sand in the gears, I don't know if this team responds the way that some of Urban's, like, really good teams responded. So maybe they will. But, like, that's what I want to see from this because I think Mel Tucker's team has what it takes to do that. He said that yesterday, you know, we're not a pretty football team, and that's fine. Like, that's what we're here to do. And I think that in a game like this, because Ohio State is a pretty football team. I think that's what I would say. Ohio State's a very pretty football team, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, well, when you have so, 38 NFL players on the roster, yeah. you got something be, uh, else coming at you here, big boys. Like, right. this is not a pretty football team. So, And they've got, and Michigan isn't either. So you've got two similar pit bulls coming at you now. And, uh-huh. and we're going to find out something about Ohio State, I think, in these next couple, as much as we find out about Michigan State and Michigan, because I think that should be noted as well going into this. Ohio State is going to be favored, and they should in both games. But, like, they know it. These are tough-ass teams coming here, and this is going to be a different deal. If they can kind of, like, keep themselves in the game for the you know fourth quarter, you're down 10, something like that, okay. Like, now we're talking. Like, I think that's what you're... That's just what you're trying to do. It's the woodchop thing or whatever that mm. Tucker talks about. It's that that's that's this game all the way. Yeah, can't make my, any mistakes. Uh, here's my simplistic uh, yeah. brain. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, if if Michigan State wins this game, mm-hmm. uh, you're also going to see Kenneth Walker win the Heisman. Because I, if they're gonna, if Michigan State goes down there and wins this game, it is. I if, think it's going. It is going to be a game where that guy is the difference. That's true. That could be. 
mean, you this know, could be your Heisman moment type game. This, We've talked this about is, that. This is years. he didn't strike the pose in the Michigan game. I wanted him to when he ran that long, right. like forty something yarder, and it he was too clear early getting in the end zone. I'm like, he, flash it. He didn't the, do it then. It, the Michigan this game time, was too early. Yeah, right. This is the time. This he is peels November. one off late in the third quarter and puts let's, Michigan State up. Let's see it in the horseshoe. <laughs> let's see it. I, I need I need that pose. I don't even care, but Hell it's yeah, just man. just to Baker, watch the the world burn. Baker I, I Mayfield, wanna, I'd love to see him do it. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, I, I'm convinced won the Heisman that year because he beat Ohio State in the shoe and put the flag, the Oklahoma flag, in the uh, end yeah. zone or whatever. Then he won the Heisman. They were like, okay, these guys got the Heisman. It's over. <laughs> yeah. It was like week two. <laughs> Everybody's right. like, well, shit, nobody's better than yeah. this. Yeah. this. Well, that guy. was the coolest thing ever. Let's yeah, just give right. him the, all beat the him, awards. Beat him in the shoe. Nobody does that. Yes, you're not <laughs> wrong about that. But also, I would say, this is a big opportunity for the guy that everybody sleeps on, Peyton Thorne, to mm-hmm. show. I think he is a terrific. You talk about a team that's bringing a lot back, like, is Mel Tucker going to be able to pull another Kenneth Walker out of the transfer portal? Probably not, right? Like, I doubt right. it, but like... You're going to bring Peyton Thorne back, and he is, other than Stroud, there's not a better quarterback in the. And I mean, you could argue Thorne's better in terms. Got of himself efficiency. a couple. Got himself a couple receivers too. He does. Yeah. But I mean, like, he's a pretty good football player, so I think this is a situation for him where he could really, you know, rise to the occasion and show us a thing or two too. But yeah, no, I think this feels like a Walker. You're going to need him to be special, of course. You're going to need him to make a couple of those plays he made against Michigan, where it was like they had him. Squared away and he'd scored a touchdown. Right. Just you know, turns absolutely like, nothing yeah, right. into just some play. Like, well, they've got how him. Defend that. Yeah. They've got him for a two-yard loss, and it ends up as a thirty-yard touchdown. You need like two of those. Yeah, like that's <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that's the that's reality. what I'm saying. Exactly. That's the reality. That's the situation. I know Michigan State people sometimes like to. They don't like to hear that. They get upset. That's the reality of the situation. They're not as talented. It's not even close. So you've got mm-hmm. to be able. But Walker is. Yes. He is. I think Thorne is. I think Jaden Reed is. The you guys who are good enough to hang. play on the other team. Right. <laughs> the guys who are good enough to play on the other team have to have spectacular games. Exactly. Yeah. Jacob Slade, Barrow, they're good enough. They can play in this game. Um, you know, you, Michigan State does have some guys that can hang here. I think Xavier Henderson, I think Darius Snow can hang in this game. More than they've had in the past. Is it enough? I don't, I don't know. But if you cut it perfect, it could be. And I think that that's the last couple times D'Antonio went down there, you thought there's no chance. They have no chance. They're going to get their asses kicked even if they play perfect. They don't mm-hmm. have it. This team has enough in terms of those guys who can, like you said, they'd be starting on the other side or they'd at least, they'd at least be getting runs. So if you have those guys, you have a chance. And I think that uh, Michigan State has enough of them. So we'll see how it goes. But big Saturday, my man. Are you excited yes. for this? This is a big... Uh, I'm, a big I'm one. juiced. I'm juiced. I will be. Uh, I'll be in Vegas. <laughs> You'll be in Vegas, the, the home of college football, for this one. But here, here's the thing. I'm not only going to be in Vegas, but this is one of the. So I got to go for eight nights. So Jesus, this this will be eight nights in Vegas. Yeah, we're only recording so, one more. One more of these to Brendan. He will never survive that. <laughs> Ten years ago, yeah. he would not have next, survived that. Next I mean, week I'm when we record it. Uh, next week when we record, I'll be live in Vegas. So. Hey, ten, uh, 10 years ago, would you have made it through an eight-day Vegas? No. no. <laughs> I don't think I would have either. <laughs> no, it would be like day three, and the athletic would be like, I would have had uh, to tap out. Brendan I hasn't think, filed yeah. a story. We haven't no. heard from him. Uh, <laughs> any Anyone, can we track his phone? Uh, We'd so, have got to day four, and I would have like faked an injury so I could have gone home or something like that. 100%. <laughs> so so this will be good, though. It'll be, I get in Friday, 
Uh, yeah. Michigan, there's two games on that Friday. Get a good night's sleep Friday. Right. <laughs> Saturday, no games. No games. So oh, that's unless I get, for the some, tournament, unless yeah. I get some kind of embedded access, you know, mm-hmm. potentially the day uh, to myself for all the football in the in the sports book. Me and Dylan Burkhart. Oh, my you know, God. Oh, on my the God. road, having a good time. You guys are going to spend a lot of money that day. Sunday, there's a... <laughs> oh, Dylan's going to have the... He's going to have all the bets down for you. <laughs> you're going to bet You're going to bet like 87 <laughs> games that day and lose all of your money. All Actually, them, Dylan will win all of his money. All. He'll lose all your money. Then there's games Sunday. Then there's the Maui yeah. Invitationals there. So I'm covering that for the next three oh, days. Oh, that's right. They moved it inland. That's right. Gonzaga is playing a one-off game against UCLA next Tuesday in Vegas. So I'll be at that. And then next Friday is Gonzaga Duke in Vegas. You're your fill here. That. Are you going to be oh, over? Be so you're going to be through the holiday. You're going to be in Vegas on Thanksgiving. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, a guy who doesn't have kids and no one cares about him, can now, you go spend eight days in Vegas <laughs> over?" Thanksgiving I have been. <laughs> I have been to Vegas on Thanksgiving as someone who uh-huh. has been in the same situation as you. The buffets uh, at the are, casinos for Thanksgiving popping are amazing. Like they yeah. are. Incredible! I would I would tell you to buy the uh, fast pass to skip the line. It's worth it to buy the. Uh, it's like a forty dollar thing or whatever. But I was like, I'm already paying like seventy for this dinner. I don't give a shit. I'm skipping the line. It was great. I remember that. I, I had like a fourteen hour layover in Vegas coming back from the Maui Invitational actually. Uh, yeah, one year and there know, was one year with Michigan. Mark Snyder. And we sat there and ate Thanksgiving. I've, I've done I've done Thanksgiving. In Vegas, I think. probably from Maui. You're probably coming back from Maui. No, 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 no. There was a tournament. Michigan State might have played. Oh, probably a game yeah. or two there uh, a couple years back. I remember. Yeah, because like me, Graham. Okay, yeah. I think they probably had a tournament. Charbonneau. Yeah. We went to like we went to some sports book at like or some yeah like some sports book at like nine a.m. in the morning <laughs> one day, and it was just a preposterous day of watching hoops. <laughs> Because uh, it might have been like the day in between games. I don't really remember yeah. anything. The best Thanksgiving trip yeah, um, for hoops was one year, I think Michigan State playing at Atlantis. Which, oh, yeah. The water slides. You know, you've been to Atlantis, right? <laughs> I have not been to Atlantis. I've only oh, heard. Okay. So it's the worst. It's just better uh, in the Bahamas. I know that. Well, I mean, the Bahamas are beautiful. <laughs> that's that's all great. The, the jingles, resort, the resort itself, it's like this fake. It's a kids resort, right? Gilded <laughs> bullshit with this like here here come to this pond and pet these sad dolphins and like yeah. everyone's like yeah let's go do and that. It's like a I'm couple like, of uh, koi fish a in there instead. Nightmare, <laughs> right? So the games are great because it's in a ballroom, but like the whole resort is just kind of like. Ugh, and yeah. there's a smoky casino on the way to the ballroom, and you're like, "Why is there basketball? What is going on here?" Um, kind of sounds like the old Puerto how, Rico tournament, to be honest so, with you. Oh yeah, oh, I know that one. <laughs> that was so a good the, time. Um, the one year it's Thanksgiving. Got lost there for Sean, a week. Sean Windsor was down for the free, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Dude, I can't eat Thanksgiving dinner in this in this goddamn resort. <laughs> like, we got to do something." And Sean's always up for a good, you know, oh, let's go Sean get weird new place. Right? Yeah, so. We like get a taxi that we weren't even sure if it was a taxi, and we yeah. were like, "Sean probably drive, knew that guy too." Like, drive us to a <laughs> a, a fish joint on the yeah. on the island. This guy took us somewhere. It was right on the water. You know, a bunch of folks hanging out. We just showed up, and we we're like, "Hey, man, we're trying to have a Thanksgiving dinner," and they just meet fish like right on the right on the planks. It was unreal. <laughs> oh, Sean and I are just Sean, like we're making best friends through. with everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was so good. 
Yeah, it was so like good. seven spots that he's uh, he knows the owner or whatever in the Bahamas yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah. Anywhere I mean, Windsor's just a legend yeah. for that stuff. <laughs> Anywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's get Big into some questions, stuff brother. Up. All right. You got them pulled up there because I got to pull up my. Uh, my so my mentions there. are a mess right now with everyone yelling about Brad Davison, but I can try. <laughs> well, to find we did him. have a Brad Davison question. I'm I'm pulling it up. Some everyone yelling about Brad Davison. <laughs> Okay, yeah. here we go. Here we go. That's one of those like the the tweet that just takes over Twitter. You're just like, yeah. all right, well, I just can't. That's this is. I can't even check my mentions. All right, here's day, so. here's one from Chris that sort of uh, bounces around all topics here. How often do recruits quote unquote decommit when in reality the team has pulled the scholarship for various reasons? Um, I would say that uh, the answer to that question is it obviously depends on the situation, but I mean, I don't think it's always that case but yeah i mean that, that certainly happens it happens where it's like i've decommitted because the team it's either they haven't pulled the scholarship or i've actually heard in the past where it's like they just don't talk to me anymore they haven't prioritized me they've like sort of that's what a team that's what teams do that's what teams have done in the past it's not great but that's a move that can yeah. be made <laughs> so that well, it's those er, it's those early ones too yeah um you know you the kid you're on early and and you you jump on him because you you want to get him before you know, the, the big dogs come in and you're kind of just projecting things and then that kid's development stalls or, you know, they physically don't develop and right. you you need to have a hard conversation. Um, that happens for and sure. And that happens. And, you know, that's something that's understandable mm-hmm. to a degree, you know, as long as you handle it right. But there's also that whole, like, you know, is this a committable offer and all this stuff that you see, that you, see and, you know, and that's those are the things sometimes where I... You seen these? Like he's got an offer from so and so, but it's not really a committable offer. He can't really co- what? Then why does he have an like? What the hell are you talking about? Like that's not a thing, and mm-hmm. that is a thing, you know, in some places. And it's like, what are we doing here? So I do see some of that, but yeah. Anyway, uh, here's one for you, for okay. Craig. Uh, what is the proper way to handle tempo and subbing? Everyone was mad after the MSU game, but against PS Penn State, uh, the bigger issue was they avoided subbing due to tempo. And they had second stringers on the field for long stretches. Yeah. So w- what's the solution there? Because guess well, what? I mean, they're going right. to probably need that they're gonna get it again. in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're going to need it against Maryland. <laughs> Maryland goes faster than any of them, really. Fair. Uh, so it'll sure. be a good I test, actually. Um, but really, I think it's about just shortening your rotations. I think it's what it probably comes down to. Like, I think what they got caught against Michigan State was they play a lot of guys all over the place. So you're you're not going to shorten your defensive. You know, if your front's getting tired and everything else, like, you, you've got to. You know, everybody rolls those guys over. You've got to find a way to get that. And mm-hmm. just be probably more sharp with your communication and your sort of like what you're doing when you're doing it. A lot of it's probably just that. It's probably like your process on the sideline of like making sure that everybody knows, you know, hey, if I shout this word, that means you're going, you know, like that kind of thing. So a lot of sure. it's probably just that. But like I do think for Michigan, and I do think they did this against Penn State because it was better in the second half, it's just shortening your – like the number of guys that you're rolling in in the back end, like they're they'll rotate safeties sometimes, and it's like just stop doing that or corners or whatever, and it's like just go with your five or six best, I would say like seven best back end players, and just leave them on the field, and then you know if you want to shuffle your front four, which they did get caught a couple times, like you saw, like you said, I mean if you're you're gonna to have to make decisions on sort of when you're rotating, when you're not rotating. Um, but I think a lot of it probably comes down to your process on the sideline. Like, I would guess maybe it's about tightening up one thing or, you know, maybe have some guy stand there and be responsible for this, that, you know, I don't know what it is. But, like, I think a lot of it is procedural um, as much as anything. And then, 
also shortening sort of which you would do as the game goes on anyway, I think. But it's a hard balance because, like, right. you know, right. if you're asking them to hang in there against a team like that that runs the ball, and they're physical. I mean, Penn State's a downhill run team. They, it's all inside. As you saw, it's, you know, the that's what they do. It's a gimmick-ass offense, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's squeak, the way down, squeak your way down the field and then catch them in a sub and see if you can burn them. Like, that's what, <laughs> like that's what Penn State's in... That's James Franklin's entire system, except uh-huh. for when he has a really good play caller. But yeah, I mean, that's, I think, the easiest way around it. There is no easy answer for it, but I think for McDonald, it was probably just like dealing with it for the first time. You know, I think that's as much as anything, you know, as a first time right. coordinator, sort of kind of going through that, you know, for the first time and then um, reacting. I think that's probably what it was. I mean, he's 34, so 33, whatever. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. I think it was just those guys, and credit to him because. Gaddis and McDonald, and I don't know, you know, Gattis, they made terrific calls with the game on the line, you know, and they both did multiple times. So, you know, credit where it's due on that. They both earned their money big time. And how many times do we say that about Michigan coordinators? Yeah. Earning their pay big time. There was a video that uh, Michigan football tweeted out where the whole team sort of like after the game got McDonald and Gaddis, it was pretty cool, got McDonald and Gaddis in the middle. Harbaugh called them both in to the middle of the room where they all jumped around him and cheered and stuff. But that was hmm. big, big stuff from two young guys with uh, the game on the line, for sure. That's a very different vibe. Chris very different asks, <laughs> since, <laughs> since Harbaugh can be a bit cryptic, any news on how soon Corum will be back? Well, I think he said to Molly McGrath on the broadcast, or someone did, um, that it sounded like he'd be out for a minute here. Like, possibly hmm. even this Maryland game as well. I don't know what he said yesterday. I went to Mel Tucker's thing on Monday, so I didn't catch exactly what he said off the top, but, like, I doubt he said anything (laughs) concrete, so, like, we'll see, but it sounded like from the broadcast um, over the weekend that Gorham could also miss this one, but Donovan Edwards is back, and in this game against Maryland, I would like to see, if Gorham can't go, I would like to see Michigan get a better plan for 12 to 15 Donovan Edwards touches, you know, outside okay. zone, some of the things he runs really well. Because um, I think it's a really big opportunity. Like, he was hurt in a couple of these games where I thought he would have had a chance to get in there and do some things. And, you know, it was kind of like, because they think he's, I think they think he's good enough. But, you know, I'd like to see, I think against a team like this, this is a chance maybe for him to maybe do some things. We'll see. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nick, this is from Carl. Nick, do you yep. think Ohio State will play more single high to try and stop Walker or do what Michigan did and stay in a shell all game? Uh, I think that they will probably try they will probably try it because they have better athletes. Um, but like we talked about earlier, the, the single high stuff, I mean. Mhm. But if Thorne is because that's the whole thing. Thorne can get you out of that in five seconds by just hitting something over the top. Like The reason why Michigan State has been so successful with those flea flickers is because it's a great way to get a defense off of you. It's a great way to open up because everyone is crashing down so hard on Walker that you fake a block on the outside and suddenly you saw it on on Saturday. Uh, Foster fakes like he's going to block and everyone is so paranoid about Walker that he just runs right around the dude and it's just an easy walking touchdown. Like That's why they've been able to pull these off so I think that Ohio State will try it because they have the athletes to try it. They'll try probably try more of it. But what they found against Oregon, and they changed their whole defense midseason, um, Oregon cut them to shreds when they were sitting up there with one safety. I mean, beat the shit out of them with it. Made them right. pay and won the game because of it. So they completely changed everything mid-year. And I give them credit because, I mean, they pulled off a pretty difficult uh, thing. I think that, you know, Kerry Combs and Matt Barnes, who used to be a staffer here for Harbaugh, Matt Barnes, I think, is now calling their defense. Um, but I would I would bet that it's probably – they'll take more chances, but I would think that they will not mess around too much with Peyton Thorne. I think they probably know that Thorne can get them if they're not careful. So I don't think they'll be as conservative on that deep shell that Michigan was because I think Michigan knew that we don't have the guys to get back Like if we get into a situation like this. So they just weren't going to give Thorne any opportunity to throw deep. I think you'll probably have more in this game, but like that also you have to take into account now. That also means that your front's going to have to block what they're going to bring at you. Because if they're going to have a single high up, which means the other safety is going to be in the box, and that probably means they're going to bring pressure. So these shot plays, they're going to take a second. So yeah. it's going to be on the front. It's going to be on everybody blocking and everything else too to make sure that that, that holds up. But good question because it's, it's an important one. Yeah, uh, there's all kinds of good football shit in here yep. for you. I'm just going to keep on going. <laughs> okay, let's can do Michi- it. <laughs> can Michigan's defense slow down? Ohio- Actually, no, that's next week. We'll get into that. Okay. Um, let's see. From Martin, is it a coincidence we didn't see McCarthy at all against Penn State? Also, assuming McNamara keeps playing well, is it re- is it realistic to hope both guys are on the team next year? Uh, not a coincidence that we didn't see McCarthy against Penn State. That was a... Um... That was a that was an adults only game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you know. I was to say that without. I don't want to make that as a, a ding on JJ, but I mean you know he's a true freshman. I don't. I just don't think you're putting him in that. You know they they tried it. You know against Michigan State and they got their answer. Yeah, you know, he wasn't ready for that, and I think that that's fine. And I think it's for him. You know you say go back to the lab there and you know try to make a go of it next year. And then to the second part of that question, assuming yeah, I mean this is his football team. 
And you're going to have to pry it from his cold, dead fingers, as far as I see it. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, both of them on the team? Yeah, I think that there is a real... Because I think McCarthy, from all things that Austin would speak better on this, because Austin spent more time around him in high school. Mm-hmm. But um, he's a different kid, too. He likes playing for Harbaugh. Like, he likes... Mm-hmm. They get along. Him and... Uh, I think Cade and uh, Harbaugh get along. And I think McCarthy and Harbaugh... Like, it's a different kind of... I don't think it's the same necessarily as we've seen in other cases where not that Harbaugh didn't get along with all these guys, but like I think that he has a bond with uh, both of these players that's a little different. That would make me realistically think that, yeah, they do have a shot to have them both here when I certainly think when the year starts, I certainly think they'll both be here in spring. I I don't see it. Maybe I could be wrong. You never know. But I mean, it's worth too, of course. It is worth saying, and I have no idea about Mark Carthy as a kid. No, no clue, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. But it is worth saying that, like, there are there are people, there are athletes who are still in the mode of, yeah, I'm going to work my ass off to get that job, but if I don't get it, that doesn't mean I automatically yeah. Pull. Like, hey, you know what they had to do to McCarthy? They got to get Tom Brady to call him and say, "Hey, what do you think I should do, Tom Brady?" Yeah, and he'd be like, "I think you should." Grind it out behind a really good uh, senior right. quarterback and then go win as a junior. That's probably what he would tell him to do. So, like, that's what keep, I would Keep do. getting stronger. <laughs> keep getting bigger. They're going to give you looks, you know. And if and if you buy yeah, into the right. system. He'll have a plan. Yes. That's there are, thing to say there are guys who will say, all right, man, I'm okay waiting two years sure. and, and then getting the job for two years if I want it. You know, If you like, can max me out. Yeah, right. If you can max right, me out, prove to me that, yeah. You and know, I think a that lot, they of, really a lot like, of that is a lot of that is the voices in his ear. A lot of that yeah. is, and I, I can't speak to any of that shit. You know what his folks are I think like, it's what, a it, sound what his environment. former coaches are. So I think it's a good environment but, that he comes from. It's from IMG. I would also say that uh, Matt Weiss, the quarterbacks coach that they hired uh, mm-hmm. from Baltimore, um, is very highly thought of. Um, very smart guy. Uh, I think he's a future coordinator somewhere, probably with Harbaugh <laughs> before it's all said and done. Um, I'm not to say that anybody's on their way out one way or the other, but I think that this is what, you know, he's a guy they really, really like. And I think he will also have a factor in that too. I think that, I think they're in a really good place with their quarterback room. That's very hard to get to, you know what I mean? Where you have such a unique kid in McNamara as your starter that like, you know, mentally he's so mature. I think that it's, it gives you that advantage of not necessarily having to worry about like childish things that you normally have to wor- worry about with children. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. kids and their mental makeup and everything else. I, I just think they're in a very good place, you know, Gaddis being there, Sharon Moore's there. They like Matt White. You know, I think there's a lot of Mike Hart's around. I think there's a lot of people here right now that make this a place that you're going to want to be at, which is very yeah. different than what we would have said a year ago. So, I do think that they have a chance to pull that off. You know, I don't know how things are going to go, but like Brandon just said too, like they'll have a plan for McCarthy next year. He'll play, you know, like no matter what this is. And I think it'll be more of the same. Like, and it would be incumbent upon McNamara to push his game to a different level too, because you would tell him like, and I think Harbaugh said that, like it's one job, everybody wants it. It's not promised to anybody forever. You cannot go about that. That is how this works. That is how the greatest, you know, the greatest quarterbacks would tell you that. That's every day you're earning it. So, you know, we talked about this when Herbaugh got the job, like trying to 
foster this environment that was great for quarterbacks that would want to be here. And it's been, you know, it's been, it's been bad. It hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. But I do think right now they're in a pretty good spot. I wouldn't want to mess with it, and I do think they have a chance to maybe be unique in that situation. Yeah. I wouldn't guarantee it, but I think it'd be a chance. Joe B. asks, he says, unlike Dan Mullen, I'm ready to talk recruiting. There you um, go. <laughs> you know, God, Michigan hired Dan Mullen. A, <laughs> Michigan hired a young, energetic staff and is now 9-1. and one. How quickly yeah. should fans expect dividends on the recruiting trail, or is that still a year out? And you know what, Nick? Like, play that out on both sides, because yeah. I think the same applies to both, where both programs are just absolutely juiced up and they have yeah. all of the things in the world to sell on the recruiting trail right now. Um, you know, as of right now, who knows what the next two weeks hold, but um, how does this, how does this, the success this year kind of, uh, well, play it yeah, out? I, I'm interested to see the close for Michigan because it hasn't been a terrific, you know, they're not recruiting at the level. Of course, they're going to bring a lot of guys back. I think that's important to note as well. Mm-hmm. But they're 18th, I think, right now. I mean, they've got, you know, Will Johnson's a five-star you know player coming in. But they don't have, you know, a super deep class um, in terms of top-end talent. And I'm kind of curious. We'll see, I, I suppose, how numbers go. But I am kind of – because Michigan State's actually, I think, maybe ahead of them. Um, or at least sort of in the same ballpark mm-hmm. uh, anyway. And recruiting well. And, you know, that's – we've seen um, – we've seen, yeah, they're one spot ahead in the 24-7 uh, thing there. So we've seen sort of Mel Tucker's – process speed up some in that area right we've seen the recruiting get better as you know his profile has risen i think that it'll be interesting to see how michigan closes this cycle you know it'll be interesting to see how michigan because the carousel is about to happen here and um Mm -hmm. everybody likes to get all pissy about recruiting and every single month except the one that matters (laughs) which is the one where they sign (laughs) like so like i mean the carousel is going to kick up some guys are going to back off their commitments we're going to see sort of how they close. I'm interested to see how they close because you're right. Like, I do think it's an important thing to discuss. They changed so much about their football team this year, their program, mm-hmm. their staff, yeah. multiple times. You know, they, they went into spring ball with a recruiting plan that involved Maurice Linguist and then left spring ball with one that didn't involve him. So, like, they had to change it again. Um, a lot of the focus that normally maybe would have been on recruiting time, I think probably got taken away and put on football time because they were also under a situation where it was like, you can't lose games. So right, right. I do wonder if uh, that had an impact on how they've recruited this year. Um, but maybe it didn't. I don't know. Maybe people were waiting to see. Maybe kids are waiting to see, you know, hey, are you going to be a fraud or not? Like, So I think that that's probably all things are probably at play there, but I am curious to see how they finish. And then I'm curious to see, you know, if they do finish strong, where are you at in the spring next spring are you bringing in kids for the spring game that are like whoppers because that's what that's what you want to see right. um and i think that they have a chance to maybe get back to that if they finish strong and do the things that you want to do because that's the thing with michigan that is always there that is the luxury that people always get so hot about with recruiting where it's like it's easier for you when if you're winning it's easier you know like it's just Things will just make themselves available to you. No, if you're no. winning, you won't even have to work for. It. I mean, you will have to work for them, but like they'll come to you. You, you know, you'll have opportunities that guys will leave opportunities elsewhere and come to you and looking for you. You know, like yeah. those types of things. If you finish strong, maybe could be on the horizon for Michigan, but like it's going to have to finish. And then, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see how the staff kind of closes. You know, like because I would think that um, 
a lot of that would uh, probably spell how this whole thing's going to end, you know, in terms of who signs and who doesn't. Yeah, I can already picture uh, if both of these finish strong, um, each basketball team, right, has a hell oh, of a, uh, of a, yeah, of right. a season yeah. coming up ahead of them. And I, yeah. I'm already picturing the, you know. Solari's binoculars there at the, the, uh, <laughs> looking the, in yeah. the stance. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the 15 dudes walking down the sideline where I'm saying, oh, look, look at these look guys. At this guy. Jesus. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> what the hell is that? The fans Get are going NFL wild. NFL defensive uh, end coming in here. Yeah, yeah for that, that Saturday noon you oh, know, yeah. Fox oh, yeah. tip-off game against, you know, Illinois or whatever. Buildings all lathered is. up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can already see that playing out. Um, yeah. Let's see. There's a Here's a question that matters from Micah. Now that uh, at BF Quinn has played a lot of golf in Michigan, what are his top five courses he's played hey. in the state? Also, go Eagles. Hell big, yeah, uh, Micah. What a question. Big, this is a big moment for you here. Big time. You're going you're gonna to make I'm it break actually, some hearts. I'm going on a golf podcast this afternoon, actually, oh, to boy. give them a college basketball preview. <laughs> of course you are. We, we, have, found the, we have found yeah, the cross-section right. <laughs> of... Of, of the go- golf and college basketball, and I, I'm trying to grow there this community. Go. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Top five courses I've played in the state um, in a loose order. I would probably say uh, Kingsley Club, which is a uh, it's a private club up north. Oh, boy. So, folks, don't get excited here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to get onto it. When I got on, I had to pay an arm and a freaking leg. But it is – it was an incredible course, and I played in the sleet. It was oh, like, well, jeez. It was like 38 degrees out. Wait, where is it? It's up where in is? Kingsley, Michigan. Where is that? I don't fucking know. I have it's, no idea where that's at. It's Kingsley, way the hell up. Keep going. I'll look it up. North, yeah, you, you tell the people. I don't know. Um uh, number two would probably be the the this the South Course at Oakland Hills, which has just been renovated. I got out there this summer. Um, played with our boy Mike Mulholland, and yeah, uh, uh, yeah it's spectacular. Me, it's gone. It, it's a U.S. Open caliber venue, and it'll probably get one soon enough. Number three would probably have to be the Bluffs Course at Arcadia. Uh, which is up by Traverse City. Uh, anyone, anyone in golf is very familiar. Um, spectacular. South course, probably underrated. Kingsley's but, up there too by Traverse City, by the way. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That sounds that's, right. your, that's your region there. Number four, I would say one that's close to my heart would be Belvedere, which is in Charlevoix. Um, that's, it's quasi-public. You can get on. Um, like they have memberships, but you can still get on. But Belvedere is sick. It's just all just old course, a great walk. Um, I played out there two or three years ago, and it's I can't wait to get back. Number five, I'd probably have to say the Loop. Um, the Loop, which is out at Forest Dunes. Uh, that's the only reversible course in the country. Are you aware of this, Nick? Uh, you've told me this. Yeah, the 18, reversal 18 you can greens, play both ways. Eighteen greens, thirty-six tee boxes. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. It's it's the best. So those that would probably be my top five. But then like it's so hard leaving Barton Hills out, leaving Franklin Hills out, leaving Meadowbrook. Meadowbrook's fucking unreal. That's it over in Northville. Um, the two Michigan courses, the two U of M courses, which is yeah, 
You have the main U of M course, and then you have Radrick Farms. Love both. I love Tullymore. Um, So, but that would probably be my ranking. There's a couple I haven't been to. I haven't played Crystal Downs, which is like considered the number one course in the state. Crystal Downs. Have you ever heard of the Have you ever heard of the Fortress in uh, Frankenmuth, Michigan? No. Uh, Your boy here used to golf. Discount, discounted at the Fortress as an employee of the restaurant. <laughs> what was the what Twilight was the discounts? Fee? What was the greens fee looking um, like? Now the Fortress, I don't know what the greens fees were. The Fortress because we used to get in with like uh, they used to give us what they call fun money. So if you had like incentives on your uh, sales or whatever, they would give you like coupons. I think there's been some prominent college football programs that so, used to give out fun money. Fun money, too, right? Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> The dirtbag kids would come after 6 p.m., you know, and we'd have to you know, put, sh- put shoes on to go golf and put a polo shirt on, myself included. And we'd come and golf Twilight for the discount on the Fortress. Fortress was a PGA qualifier uh, course. Like, I, okay. they had uh, a couple qualifiers there. So, like, they used to get so pissed when we would show. I mean, like, they, <laughs> we would roll in. Like in the back of somebody, like people coming out of the back of a truck being like, hey, we're here to golf. And they're like, you Just motherfuckers. Like, in, a cl- in a cloud of smoke, you got, yeah. You got to have shoes on and you have to have a collared shirt. Because we would walk into the clubhouse and you'd have guys like no shirt putting shoes on. But that's Jean why I used shorts. To golf. Yeah. yeah, I used to golf there. Wow. And I would golf there a lot. It was um, a decent course, actually. Like not bad. I think it's actually uh, pretty good. Okay. They used to get really mad at us, but like if you went during the regular part of the day, <laughs> you could probably when the non-staff was golfing, uh, probably a pretty good time. I'll, I'll add it to the state bucket. Right now, the state bucket list one and two are Crystal Downs and Gray Walls in, in which is in Marquette. Um, Where's Crystal Downs? That's up north. Okay, um, somewhere up there. So, yeah, that'll uh, I'll, I'll add Frank. I still haven't been to Frankenmuth. Well, you got to go up there and get yourself a, din- a chicken dinner. And then we need to do, we need golf. to pod we need to pod from, from Frank you, We go up, you give me a tour of Frankenmuth. Oh my god! And then, and then we pod right on right on site. And then we'll just uh, go to a Millington High School football game and pod it. Oh <laughs> man! We could probably do that. I could probably that would be incredible. Pull some streaks. That would be incredible. This needs to happen. Well, the season's over, so we can't do that now. I well, can't pull we'll, any strings during basketball. I don't have any connections there. Just we'll <laughs> add it. We'll add it to the. Uh, we'll add it to the slate because I oh, still want to have. I would still want to have the cheesesteak episode too. We probably should we do get, that. Yeah, all the where we steaks. get get like six or seven cheesesteaks and we split them and, and, and have a proper see, ranking. See which is closest to original. Proper ranking, uh, but as we've discovered, that none of them will hold up already. Is which has been not unless you're shipping out Amorosa rolls to Michigan. Well, so I don't know how you you're going to have a proper okay. steak. So <laughs> whatever that means. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you got any more? I think that's a good time to roll out. We're at nine. Yeah, we have, we'll put a pin in it. Supercharged episode. Today we will. Uh, we'll be back next week for another one of these things. Uh, it's going to be all Could kinds be of storylines once again. Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State. Uh, looking ahead to bowls, possibly looking at Big Ten championship game implications. Possibly Holy playoff shit. implications. Oh, my Ladies Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, all still available even, on the table here. Didn't even fucking didn't even talk, talk about basketball. basketball. Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> I'm about to go to Next a million week. games that we're not even going to talk about. about to to so that's, that's great. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Be sure to rate and subscribe or review and whatever. 
all that good shit. All of it. And, uh, and then after you do that, be sure to tip your bartenders and servers. Ah, happy farewell to the county. The place where-